What is up, Bay Area? Welcome back to the channel. We got several things to go over this week in terms of what are the headline articles? What is going on? So we see several things that are happening. We saw the latest inflation print, and there are very positive signs on that end. We also see a lot of central banks across the entire world not continue to increase rates. So that is a very interesting and important tell because things are certainly changing and at least getting much better. Now, we also see a lot of different reports related to San Francisco. San Francisco is seeing a lot of people coming back to the office. We also see on the other end, if you look at the past history, study ranks San Francisco dead last in U.S. for downtown economic recoveries. We can certainly talk about that. Some other news, Bay Area remains top venture capital market in the U.S., three times the second place, which, which was in New York, pulling in 31 billion dollars in in san francisco alone of 973 deals did you realize there was that many investments that occurred in 2022 that is so wild you don't hear about that at all but pretty incredible unfortunate news bay area tech layoffs continue to happen we will talk about that certainly too in terms of what is happening and why and how can you prepare yourself in this market in this environment so let's go over it talk about inflation first there is more evidence of slowing inflation and other central banks are noticing. The CPI index just released not long ago, and it is all in the right direction. Now, how does inflation decline? The inflation declines in several different ways, right? Combination of they want to break the back of inflation by, unfortunately, increasing rates, which then ultimately impacts labor, the labor market. Right. It's kind of an interesting problem. They don't want people to earn too much money because wage inflation is also inflation that can then be passed along. So at the end of the day, they say, look, we have way too, too many jobs. We have unemployment figures are too low. So we need to increase that, which is another way is we need to make sure people are getting laid off. I mean, it's a very unfortunate thing, especially I see all these posts and you do see that get magnified, to be fair, like on LinkedIn, like so many people are getting a lot of exposure, rightfully so, of trying to find a job because of their visa situation. And so you see that magnified all the time, which is an interesting thing just to be logical of understanding like the viral effect of that about them, which I have not seen before. So they certainly get a lot of attention. They get a lot of reach. It'd be interesting. I'd love to hear in your comments below. Are you guys that unfortunately got unemployed or got laid off? Are you guys finding much activity or interviews or is it very tough and People are just heading back. So it is going to be very difficult. It's going to be very interesting to continue to see this, especially in the Bay Area where we have a lot of individuals and we kind of we still have this broken immigration system. And so we're going to see some pain uh, without a doubt. And it's going to be interesting because on one end, that pain will happen. On the other end, there's certainly still a lot of people working. And so a lot of people are using this as an opportunity to compete with less people. And that's just how discounts are made. That's how that's why housing prices drop. That's why there are some discounts to be had. That is why inflation is getting tamed. Right. It's it's always this this um, it's always this balance. And that's the downside when the when Fed had rates so low, everything, everybody was just having a everybody was just drunk and having a party. And now as things have certainly reversed, it's really sobering. And We'll talk about like some thoughts and strategies related to if you're dealing with that situation, what I will be doing. 
but that is what is happening right now. A lot of other central banks, though, they're watching our data and watching how things are progressing. And there's a lot of big banks, sorry, central, big central banks, a lot of a lot of countries have already actually decided to stop rate hiking and take a pause and see what happens. And so there are many very positive news on one end, and then certainly you're going to see impacts of layoffs continue to happen. And we'll talk about that too, because quite frankly, there's a lot of just over exuberance in hires. Now let's talk about the Bay Area, right? San Francisco sees spike in incoming workers. And that's true. Like look at a lot of the companies that are hiring. There, there is very few remote jobs that are out there. Most will be requiring people to be back in the office, even those that you may not even know about. So companies like Lyft and Uber, they're all coming back into the office, right? Talk to your coworkers, talk to your friends about that. I know that person because I have many clients that are moving from out of the area back into the Bay because they are requiring a mandate of at least three days a week and they have to live in a, a proximity to the office. And most are realizing that like it's there's a, a very big aspect of camaraderie culture that is not there when you are working fully remote. And what's even crazier and sadder is if you actually look at a lot of the layoffs, a lot of the layoffs, and I, I warn people this uh, ahead of time too, a lot of layoffs are happening for those that are working remote because they have less ties with the culture and the people and the managers. And so there's this aspect of, yes, you can potentially do the job fine, but when things are getting dicey, do you feel like you're in the best position there? And then now they, now trying to find a new place when you're remote is very difficult. And so they may have to move back and figure things out. So it's kind of a, it's a really interesting change of events. And this is how I, what I always expected. And you can look at my old market updates of just people going way too far out as in like other states, there is a very big risk. There's a reason why you get paid what you get paid in the Bay area. And part of it is you have to be here. And part of it is if you're not going to be here, others will be here. And then you're going to be competing with them for those jobs and opportunities. And as those dry out now, it's, tough and difficult. So that's kind of what's been going on. So a lot of people are coming back, not just to San Francisco, to the Bay Area. I have a lot of clients that are coming from all over the country here. And in, and you will see that it's going to get a lot busier. You're going to see a lot more traffic, especially with a lot more of the return to, to office, and you're just going to have more people. And so that is, um, that is just a reality of what's going on. Now, if you look at old news then, right, if you look, because these, these reports and of these studies will be from certainly the last couple of years. Now, I suspect things will get a little bit better in San Francisco, but there's a lot of places in San Francisco that it's going to be very difficult to recover. Now, keep this in mind, and this is a, the hard comparison about some of these metros. So if you look at this chart, right, look at the size of a lot of these places. A lot of them are not that uh, big. San Francisco, to keep in mind, has like a a million people. So it's like, it's a pretty big city relative to some of these other ones, even though these are considered large size cities. And so that's just something to be mindful of. Now, th there are certain places that are just absolutely dead and quiet. Um, look at like financial district, look at Soma. It, it is pretty wild. I was just there on Thursday doing a video shoot for a new construction at 1288 Howard. Some pretty affordable places, like affordable condos, condos at uh, $500,000 for condos there, low HOAs, 
right? You have two bedrooms for eight, nine hundred thousand. So you have like a lot of pretty interesting and pretty good options in the heart of things. But it's uh, it's difficult for the environment to change. Like there has to be some sort of really big discounts for the commercial space or you just need to kind of remove a lot of that commercial space. Uh, but it's not easy to remove that, as you can imagine. It's There's a lot of inventory available there. So it certainly has been the worst performing, and this was not a surprise. I guess it's a little bit more of a surprise than Portland because I, you hear a lot of challenges going on in Portland and, and, and the destruction that has occurred there over time. But it is interesting to see where they are being ranked uh, relative to some of these other large cities, and most of it is because of the empty office space. Take a look at this. 27% the end of last year was the office vacancy rate hitting a record high. And it's really not going any better. Really, the ones that are doing well are the ones in um, like the ones that actually own those buildings. And there's just less options for people to choose from. So think about like um, Mission, Mission Bay, like that whole area. Right. So that area is a lot more controlled. Uber, Uber has their office there. Uh, they've they built it brand new. It's next to Chase Center. So there are certain areas, though, that if people were going to choose spaces, they're going to choose those spaces. And that's what happens is they're not going to choose an area that's just continuing to get worse. They're generally going to choose areas that oh, they have a decent amount of employment. It's relatively safe uh, versus some of these other spots. So these are all important things to be mindful of. Now, San Francisco is still busy. I'm going to be going back to San Francisco tomorrow for a Tesla event. There's still a lot of activities going on. So make no mistake, San Francisco is a very big city, but a lot of the areas where people would work, that's a different story. And that's the problem. Now, let's talk about the Bay Area. Bay Area remains top VC market in the US. Like at the end of the day, yes, we're seeing a lot of the layoffs of big tech companies. And let's take a look a little bit at why that's happening and what's actually being impacted. But when it comes to venture capital funding and when it comes to growth, there's still a lot of money being poured in. Right, 2022 seeing the second highest funding ever in the U.S. at 174 billion. The San Francisco Bay Area remains the country's VC darling, pulling in 35 percent of the available funding. City of San Francisco captured one half of available venture capital. That's pretty wild. Even within San Francisco, still 31 billion dollars in 2022 alone. San Mateo County saw the largest average deal size at 40 million. Tech companies accounted for most of the funding both across the country and in the Bay Area. About three quarters of the region's tech VC funding went to software companies, followed by e-commerce and cloud companies. Life sciences saw the most funding growth in 2022, increasing from an 8% share in 2021 to 19% share. So where are the – and I've been mentioning this week after week after week, if you've been watching. There's a big shift in opportunity that's been going on, especially in the Bay Area in life sciences. That's why you see so much of those buildings and construction of lab space. Lab space, very high demand. It's the office space that isn't. So the conversion of it will be important for those that can, but there's also a lot of opportunities in that space. So there are, so those that have been impacted potentially look in some of those options. Now, here's a really interesting thing um, about layoffs. Bay Area tech layoffs in 2023 are already outpacing the worst of 2022. Uh, certainly because of these large companies, they're, they were slower to make the change. And to be fair, they didn't actually really need to make the change until they now have a realization they want to fulfill 
the pressures or they want to fulfill basically investors. Take a look at this. I mean, Alphabet, as an example, last week, they laid off, they laid off about five, six percent of their workforce. And who did they lay off? Majority of the people that were laid off are a lot of service-based uh, workers, but there's certainly a lot of engineers that have been impacted and divisions that have been impacted. But take a look at like the stock performance. They certainly have done much better because of the announcement, because then they're showing to Wall Street that they are making cuts. So there is certainly that that's happening. And, and certainly Alphabet's going through some of the challenges with some upcoming lawsuits, which is all really interesting timing, right? Because they're being impacted. Now, what's pretty crazy about this is look at these numbers. Their net income in the last quarter was still, this is profit, was still $14 billion, $13.91 billion in a quarter, right? The previous quarter, $16 billion in profit. And so it's not like these companies are like losing money. And that's a very, very, this is profit. This is not income, right? This is profit. Yes, revenue and, and those figures have slowed down. And that's a part of it. They want, because they slow down a little bit, they're still growing. Look at this, September 2022, September 2021. It's still increasing. Net income is down. So it's really about like improving their margins. But make no mistake, they're still earning just a ton of money. And if you want to look at their balance sheet, their balance sheet, cash and short-term investments, $116 billion of cash. You think these companies are really that hurt, hurting right now? Yes, they've overgrown and they went kind of crazy in terms of expansion and growth. And they probably don't actually need all those people. But to be fair, it is what it is, right? Like, like people could should have kind of seen some of this so that things would change. Like they've overgrown because they just grew too, too crazy. There's probably not as much work that was needed. And so these are like interesting things when you actually look at look at the numbers of how they're actually doing and how much money they have. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of still profits. And so a big part of this is to appease investors and shareholders. Because look at some of this, right? Now, Google, now people, now you're going to see this happening a lot now, which is because now a lot of these companies are under scrutiny. They're laying people off. They're going to be a, a lot of different things about this exuberance of big tech. And Google was a big part of it, right? Why Google leases patch of land for an insane price? The 62-month lease of this 3.54-acre yard rents for $2.85 per square feet, costing the tech giant $438,000 a month, or over $27 million. And what was here? Mostly, it was just there for their fleet of vehicles. They need to, get, they need to park their stuff there. And you're going to see a lot of these start opening up. So on one end, you're going to be like, oh my God, they spent so much money on just like nothing. They just are squatting here. Google buses are barely coming in and out. They're cutting a lot of the Google buses, which they are. Uh, maybe there's different projects. So you're going to see a lot of these continue to be scrutinized. But make no mistake, if you look at the balance sheet and you look at Google's profit and you look at how much money they have, let's stop talking about these things. They are irrelevant. $27 million. Seriously. 
That is like nothing. They are shaving nothing. Now, even their layoffs, though. So let's do some quick math. So certainly the layoffs are not good. But let's do the math. 12,000 people. Now, to be fair, 12,000 people is across the globe. So it's not, it's, not, um, it's not just the Bay Area. But let's say the average at Google, because it's a globe, let's say it's like $150,000 a year. It's a lot of money. If they... Like this is, let's just let's just do this math, right? Twelve thousand employees at one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. That is equivalent to an operating expense of one point eight billion dollars. Now you saw the profits and you saw the revenue figures of that. Now that was a layoff of about five six percent. Now so on one end, the question is, it's a large number when people say twelve thousand dollars because it is that is a large sum. But relative to their workforce. Is that really that big? Do you think the attrition of a company is probably around five to six percent? Either way, the answer is probably actually that's not too unreasonable. It's these large numbers that are constantly being reported now, and LinkedIn and these sites are really magnifying these things that it's like makes it seem so overwhelming that the whole that the whole company is like dying is like dying, which they're not. And so it's a really, I, I bring this up. I obviously feel bad for those that have been impacted. And the idea and the suggestion is reach out to a lot of startups. As you can see, they have a lot of venture funding. They're trying to grow still. So certainly be proactive in the reach outs for those, for that group of uh, companies that are still hiring. There are many companies still hiring. So you don't want to completely just look at these layoffs because those are actually getting magnified right now. Right. Those are getting magnified. That feeling is getting magnified for sure by boosting and social media and different things like that. And to be fair, the layoff, which is kind of the stories that you're you're seeing is pretty uh, disheartening because like people can have been there for five plus years, 10 years. And then it was just all of a sudden they wake up in the morning and they're disconnected. Now, whether all of that, all the stories are true or not, time will tell. But the reality is it certainly is happening to a lot of people. But make no mistake, there are a lot of other companies still hiring. You want to be proactively reaching out, connect with them on LinkedIn, have conversations, see what kind of value you can bring to them, right? At the end of the day, as the market shifts now to an employer market, adjusting of expectations of compensation, right? Keep this in mind. And this is the hardest thing that people have to deal with when it comes to like these layoffs. And I had to deal with this. I got laid off and this back in 2008. I didn't get laid off, actually. They rescinded my offer in 2008. I quit a job. So back personal backstory. I quit a job to take another job in the, in the holidays of December of 2008. So all this stuff that you're feeling now, I've dealt with it far worse because 2008 was way worse than it is today. Not even close. That was terrible in terms of unemployment during that time. And so I got a job. One week before I was supposed to fly in for my job, they rescinded all offers. And this was during like Christmas time, right? Christmas time, rescinded all offers. And so that was crazy, right? Like what, what am I supposed to do? Now, at the end of the day, the employment market was terrible there. Like at that time, it was absolutely terrible because that was when all everything was breaking loose. And so I had to find a job, right? I had to work and I wanted to work. So use this next opportunity because who knows how, the, how long this may last, but use this opportunity to even just get in. Practice some different skills that you weren't trying to do. 
maybe it's a little bit of a transition. Maybe you're going from an engineer and you want to be a sales engineer. So maybe you use this as an opportunity to be in sales so you can train your sales skills. Now, your pay is going to be a whole lot less, but you're going to be learning new skills that you may be able to use for future endeavors. Right. So think about it that way. Cut your costs if you're in that situation. And also maybe look at different opportunities that wasn't there. Running your own business, doing sales, doing marketing. Like sales, to be fair, is always going to be needed. Why? Because they're top line drivers. You, When you have sales, you can then bring on people and you can control that a lot more. Now, it's not easy. It's a pain in the butt. A majority of people cannot handle it, but it may be a good opportunity for you to explore and want to do that. But be in mind, keep this in mind. You're going to have a huge pay cut, especially if we're working in some of these big tech companies. But just have this as a, as a, just have this as an understanding though, right? It, it, whether you join a startup or join another company, a lot of these companies, to be fair, have been overpaying a lot of people because the market was so competitive. As the market is not that competitive anymore, you're not going to have flexibility of work. You're going to get in the office. You're going to work harder. You're going to get paid less. You're going to have less perks. This is just the reality of the time. But use this as your own personal time to be able to learn a lot of things, implement new skills, maybe go into new industries. So those are like how I would look at things. That's how I did it. I actually transitioned in 2008. I was actually in kind of pharmaceutical, selling like kind of bioscience side of things. I did that. And then I realized that industry wasn't for me anymore because of the cuts that kept happening in the industry. And that's actually how I got into tech. And, and then obviously fast forward a decade later, it, it's been a very good move. So that happens. No, don't have an ego of your work. You are worth whatever someone paid you before. Unfortunately, that time may be gone and maybe gone for a while, but use this as an opportunity to get into maybe some of these other fields, bioscience fields, right? Life science fields. Those are all new industries and they're growing, right? So the skill set may be different, but those are some of the things that you want to uh, take opportunity of. So hopefully that helps. So last but not least, let's talk about some other news. People may not want to hear this, but ultra luxury buyers return to Peninsula market. After a holiday break, the first sales of New Year give pricing hints for springtime. So while you're here, some of these things, the reality is if there is confidence for those that are in the luxury and high-end space, you're seeing some of these continue to happen, right? Atherton deals being bought, high-end properties being bought, Hillsboroughs being bought, right? Like these really, really big transactions. And a big part of it is, quite frankly, a lot of it was due to COVID of not being able to, not being able to uh, travel as much. And a lot, a lot of restriction, combination also of terrible weather. There's so many places that shut down, especially over the December timeframe. But now as people are back, and now that it doesn't seem like the world is really going to an end per se, there's a lot of confidence that are in place so that people are, are heading back, making these deals, making these moves. And because a lot of properties have actually declined in value, especially since April, there are a lot of people, not just, not just of uh uh wealthier individuals but also just a lot of people in general that are saying look this is a good opportunity to be able to get into a place that they were never or didn't wasn't able to do before and that's the key as people go through their searches this is an opportunity for people to get into those cities and markets that they didn't have before so that gives you an idea related to what is happening with the higher end of the market certainly had slowed down previously but now it's continued to pick back up 
because it's a lot more international buyers. Well, I hope you found this helpful. If you have any questions or want to talk about the real estate market, I'd love to go over a game plan with you. You can reach me in my contact details below. 408-547-4590. See you next time. Bye now.